Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hi, everybody. Today is February 24th, 2015, and this is The Mixed Experience, a weekly podcast by a mixed chick sharing mixed thoughts about a mixed up world. It's the only live show about being racially and culturally mixed. And I'm your host, Heidi DeRoe, your resident mixed chick. Today, we have a really great guest to talk to about the mixed experience, but I just wanted to do a very quick announcement to start, which is if you follow this show or if you follow me, you know I have a very big labor of love called the Mixed Remixed Festival, which is a nonprofit arts organization that produces a great event this year on June 13th in Los Angeles. We'd love to have you there. We'll have the schedule up in a couple of weeks. And uh, in the meantime, keep up with us at www.mixedremix.org. We can't wait to see you in June. So no more announcements except to say I am so excited to talk to our guest today. Our guest today is a really amazing filmmaker, Gina prince Bicewood. She's worked as a TV writer on shows like A Different World and South Central. She wrote and directed one of my all-time favorite films, Love and Basketball. She's written and directed now uh, several films, including the hit The Secret Life of Bees. But now she's really done it, in my estimation. She has created wonderful characters, a beautiful love story in Beyond the Lights, which is now out on DVD and is also available on iTunes. We get to talk to her today. Uh, I'm so excited. Welcome, Gina, to the show. Good to be here. Well, I, I am so thrilled to be talking to you about this. I'm a huge fan from way back. And I wanted to start off the conversation. We're going to talk about Beyond the Lights, but I do have to throw out our initial question, which is always this, because we're trying to turn this question on its head, and we're asking experts to see if they know how to answer it better. And it's something that people who are multiracial or ethnically ambiguous here a lot, and you uh, probably know what I'm going to ask, which is, uh, and know that there's no right answer, but what are you? Uh, black. Black. Very good answer. Um, it's interesting because we have a whole spectrum of people who come on the show, and everyone has a different answer, and sometimes <laughs> they're essay answers. You know, they're, well, my grandmother was this, and I grew up this way, so... Um, welcome to the show. I wanted to talk about Beyond the Lights, which just blew my mind. I saw it in the theaters when it came out initially, and when the credits started to roll, I said to my husband, can we stay and watch the next <laughs> version of it? Like, Can we just <laughs> keep cool. watching it today? Because it just it made my heart full. And so I'm wondering, what was the inspiration for this wonderful love story? Well, thank you. That's an amazing compliment. Um, the inspiration was that I knew I wanted to write a love story again, and I knew I also wanted to write a music film. It's one of my favorite genres, and um, 
and uh, so it was really what is going to be the story within that. And the inspiration came at an Alicia Keys concert. Um, music is a huge part of my process. I write to music. Um, it just opens me up emotionally. And I was sitting <laughs> sitting there. She started singing Diary. And this character and the story came into my head. And it was like I was watching the film in my head, and, and she was singing on the soundtrack. And um, it was just an amazing moment. I just couldn't wait to get home to start fleshing this character out and, and really figuring out the story and um, and start putting some personal things in there. I mean, every film I do, you know, well, has I, I, things to it. I started off saying it's a love story, which, which it most definitely is, but as a writer, as an artist myself, too, I really connected to the piece of the story that, you know, it's about Noni who is an artist and not just an entertainer. Um, what were your thoughts about trying to create that story for her? Mm-hmm. It was important. It's yeah, it's a music film. It's a love story, and it's also um, this woman's journey uh, to her authentic self. Um, it's a very important thing. I think theme in my work um, is women finding their self-worth. Uh, I think you can definitely see that in every film that I've made. Um, it was something that I certainly struggled with. And then me as an artist, the need to have a voice. The fact that this film took so long <laughs> to get made, um, there was a point where I literally thought I was going crazy, that I have this thing that's so clear in my head, and I needed to get it out, and I felt like I wasn't being given the opportunity. I just kept getting no's and no's and no's and couldn't figure out why people could not see what I was seeing. And as an artist, it is, I mean, you, you, you want to reach an audience and you want to say something to the world. So it was very tough, and um, but it also fueled um, the character Noni and, and what she was going through as well. So... Um, you had just come off the hit of The Secret Life of Bees, as I understand it. And so yes. it almost seems like it would have been a no-brainer for people to buy into your vision. You know, your vision was commercially successful as well. And what was the what was the point of resistance, you think? I mean, I, I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be easy, too. I mean, I've had two successful movies. Um, and this was a contemporary film that was speaking to what was going on uh, at this time in terms of music. Um, it was a love story. Uh, but the issue was that it's two people of color in the lead, and they weren't two huge stars. There wasn't, and it's a true drama. It's not a romantic comedy. It's a, a drama, a love story. And But that's what I wanted to do. I love love stories, you know, the ones that just wreck you. Uh that's what this movie did to me. I, I just, I mean, I was just sobbing at the end because, you know, we're talking about it as a love story, and and I know you've also talked about the ways in which it's so important for you as an artist to make sure that there are love stories about black people that black, you know, black people really do love each other. It's true, um, but the other piece of the love story for me was Noni started to love herself. Yes. And that was a hugely important element. I did not want anyone to leave this film thinking you need a man to save you and, and, and you know, prove yourself worth. This was a woman who he inspired that journey, um, but ultimately before she could truly love him, she had to love herself. And before she could love herself, she had to know herself. Um, so well, the, I think... The movie is, um, you know, it... it... 
it was nominated for an Oscar for Best Song, which I think is wonderful because the music is fantastic. And um, it's now out on DVD and iTunes, and I'm hoping it reaches the audience that really is the audience for it, which I think, like you said, is like young women of color who feel like they have to give themselves away. And by that, I mean uh, their vision as well as their bodies in some way. And the way in which Noni actually gets herself together, and even though love is involved, it's, it's her own decision to come into her own that makes the difference in her life. Um, who, who do you think the movie is for? Honestly, I, I believe that the movie is for everybody. Um, and, I mean, ultimately, um, I did make it PG-13 as opposed to R, um, so that younger men and women could see the film and get the message. Um, the, the Blu-ray version of the film that just came out today is actually the R-rated version of the film. That's so good to know. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, we got an A cinema score for the film. That means that every quadrant of people who saw the film gave it an A. That means men, women, teenagers, uh, 25, I think 25, 35, and then older women. So I love that. Um, I love that, you know, both black women and white women can identify with the character. That is such an important thing for me that my fight is to put people of color on screen, but in universal stories. And for me, the same way I love movies, the way that I can go see uh, the Notebook, and love that film. I'm not looking, thinking, oh, there are white people up there. I'm looking at Brian <laughs> and Rachel. And I want people to be able to go to my films and just fall in love with Quincy and Monica or Noni and Kaz and not worry about the fact that that they don't look like them. And, and uh, again, that is, I mean, that is my big push to just, not have people look at my film and say, oh, that's a black film, and I, I why should I go? I'm not going to identify with it, as opposed to it would say love story, or it would say yes. film. Like, that is what I want it to be uh, thought of as. Well, so I have my own take on this, and, and um, one of the things that got me really excited about it, already being in love with all the work you've done before, is that, you know, it's a story that has stars a biracial actress playing a biracial woman uh, with her white mom as part of the story, and it's not the problem. And, (laughs) you know, like that is really kind of one of my missions for my own work going forward forever is to take the tragic out of mulatto and make sure that people recognize that you know, tragic things may happen to people who are in multiracial families, but that's not the tragedy. Like, you know, there is triumph in the experience for them. Was that a conscious decision for you to make the character biracial as well? Well, it's, well, yeah, I mean, there's two parts to to this answer. I mean, one, um, that was my own existence, and my husband early on in the score process said, you know, why don't you make this, story closer to to your own story, um, which is having a white mother. I was adopted, um, and my adoptive parents, my mom is Salvadorian and my father is white, um, and I tracked down my birth mother, and, and she was white. So 
Um, I, I put that in there as a personal element, but I didn't, it wasn't necessary to have any big speeches or anything within the film. You just look up and the visual is there. You get it. And there is an underlying uh, element, which is that a, a white mother has appropriated the black blueprint in terms of musical artists and what you need to do to be successful. I found that uh, very interesting. But again, I didn't have to talk about it because it, it's just there. Um, it, that's be, what I thought was so brilliant about it. I mean, there was no commentary about it. We open the film and, you know, we see that she's the only little brown girl around and then we realize this is her mother who is white and and then she, before that she's got to be at the hairdresser. So, so obviously we know what's going on and yet we don't have to comment on it. We can just recognize that that's part of the experience that people have. And I just, I thank you for that. I absolutely love that. Oh, thank you. Um, was it, and this is more on a personal note as an artist myself, I found it when I was writing uh, my first book, and even now as I'm working on book two, that I was kind of shy about including that. What do you think added to the, add to the story for you to be able to make it closer to your own experience? Uh, I just think it's it's growth and being comfortable in my own skin. I mean, in high school, uh, I mean, high school sucked. Like I <laughs> was a mess. I had I had no sense of self worth. Um, you know, we grew up in all white towns, and there was nobody around that looked like me. Um, and it it was tough. And and my parents, you know, we've talked about it, and they say in retrospect they they wouldn't have raised me that way, but in their minds, they didn't see color. But you know, mm-hmm. the world sees color, and it's okay to see color. But I mean, it was very tough for me growing up. It wasn't until, and you know, I think every, or I'm not, most mixed kids that I know at some point go through, you go through a, a ton of stages. One where you, you know, where you, you talk about every little aspect of, of, of your nationality. I was told early on that I was half Swedish. Um, Oh, you're so, Afro-Viking like me. <laughs> I'm half know, Danish and half black, so we're uh, Afro-Viking. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I rock the Swedish shirt all the time. Um, and then once, but again, I dealt with so much racism where I grew up. It was so tough. And then I just wanted to get away, and I went to UCLA, and and, and it was an opportunity to find myself. And, and then I went the other way you know, completely and, and hating everybody I grew up with and, and angry at my parents. And and then, um, you know, I found my birth mother and to know what my life would have been like if she had raised me and it would have been hell. Um, I then had such an appreciation for my parents uh, because they gave me life and they gave, they, I'm their daughter. Um, and I'm, again, I never stopped loving them. It was just the, the, I was so incredibly grateful to them knowing what my life could have been because as a, an adoptee, you, you're you projecting so much. When anything is bad, it's like, well, gosh, if, if she had raised me, my real mom, you know, it would have been amazing. Um, and that was obviously not, not the case. And, and so we have a great relationship and, and they've been so supportive of me, not just with sports growing up, but then when I went to UCLA and then became interested in film. So, 
you know, I'm very settled into to who I am. Um, you know, I consider myself black. I'm, yes, I'm half white, but that's not, I don't know even the word to say it. It's, it's like I don't identify with that, but I didn't grow up with my white mother, so maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but I think uh, it's so I'm interesting fine. the way people come into identity, and, and I, I like to say that, you know, I'm 45 now, and my identity continues to change. It's kind of, it's very it's organic. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have two boys, uh, and it's funny. Uh, like, it's okay. They make fun of me. Like, when I look in the mirror, I see brown, you know, but, you know, <laughs> they, when they're little, used to say that mommy looks white, you know, but it's, <laughs> like, it doesn't faze me. It's funny to me, and uh, it's because I'm, you know, finally, after all these years, you know, confident and, and good with who I am. But, you know, it took me years to to get to this place. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, what, if anything, would you say to the young girl who is kind of in the place that you are now? Mm-hmm. Because I think we're, we're supposed to be living in the quote-unquote post-racial world, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you laughed because, and I put it in quotes for a reason, but the the girl who's like you, who is feeling isolated, who's uh, not, you know, not in a community where people look like her, what would you like to have heard from someone um, at that age? I mean, I if I was to go back and talk to myself, it, it is so cliche, but it's true. It will get better. Um, yeah. In high school, in middle school, everything is on volume ten. Um, and every little slight, every little thing is such a huge deal. And then you go away to college and you really, it, that's a time where you're, you're away and you get to find yourself. You're not trapped into the people that you've grown up with and their perception of you is not going to change. Uh, but when you get to break free and meet new people and, and, and start a new life, you can, it's really your opportunity to come into your own. Um, so, you know, for me, it's your differences are what's going to make you special, um, and it, it certainly has fueled my creativity and who I am today. And I, I just wanted to say that the work that you're doing, and this movie in particular, I think for you know the biracial young women out there who are feeling isolated, who mm-hmm. you know don't know their place and are in the struggle. I just I thank you for giving them this story, giving me this story, and letting us know that, you know, there's a lot of beauty in in just being yourself. Even in a world that doesn't understand it or want to it wants to compartmentalize you. So thank you for that. No doubt. No, it's for me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gina, can I ask before I let you go, what what's next for you? What when when can we see something more? And we're feeling really greedy about it. <laughs> Trust me, I want to be on set so bad. Um, you know, I, I know the next one I'm going to write is in my head. I'm excited about it. It's it's a little more comedic in tone, but still, um, I hope, you know, has a, the drama to it. And it's, it's more of a focus on female friendship and the way that it changes through the years and, and some personal stuff up in there. So I'm, I'm excited about it. And um, again, just looking forward to just, putting us in, in every genre of film and, and, you know, doing good work. I, I'm so excited. Um, I'm a huge fan. I 
I can't say enough good stuff about Beyond the Light. I have my copy that I'm going to, like, be watching over and over again, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which is the best kind of movie. There are a few I have like that, Terms of Endearment, The Notebook, and things like that that I watch over and over again, and now Beyond the Light is one of them. Yeah. No, it's it's one of my favorites. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, we're we're huge fans. We're following you on Twitter at GPB Made It, and um, we can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Well, guys, that was Gina Prince Bitewood, who's an amazing uh, director and writer. Uh, Beyond the Lights is now in DVD and also on iTunes. If you haven't seen it, I'm not sure why you haven't. It's one of the most beautiful love stories I've seen ever. Uh, It's a story about an artist coming into her own. It's a love story. I cannot recommend enough to you. Okay, that's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm Heidi Durrell, I'm your host, and this is the Mixed Experience. We're back again on March 2nd with a really great episode with the multiracial comic. And uh, if you have any questions in the meantime, please email me at Heidi at HeidiWDurrell.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.